Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier. Uh, on that track to study for the MS Theory exam coming up in July, so wish me luck and uh, <laughs> wish me patience and uh, and I understand the things I can and cannot change. If you know, <laughs> you know that little saying. Um, it is a great February, boy. Uh, I bet you that groundhog is sorry that he didn't see his shadow. Um, funny how it is in here in the Northwest where we get that late snow. Uh, it's usually the storm in March and April and. Uh, the ski areas are packed. Uh, that means you probably need to bring a little something up when you're skiing. That little uh, Boda bag is what we had back in the past. And, of course, there's uh, blackberry liqueur, which goes well in a little flask, uh, perhaps a little nip of uh, brandy. Um, can never go wrong with uh, a little respite on when you <laughs> fall down for the second, third, fourth time during the day. But I'm enjoying uh, learning more. Obviously, on this track from Master Sommier, I'm reading, I'm memorizing, I'm visualizing, I'm picturing, and I'm, I'm practicing how to relate, how to communicate all these things. I think that's one of the greatest strengths one person can have is how to communicate. You know, how do you describe your favorite pizza? Well, you know, think about that. How would you describe it in terms of those wine, you know, those little uh, reviews that you see in, in Spectator or Parker, and they're very... Uh, flowery and uh, sometimes verbose, but it's it's about communicating with words that make sense that people can understand. When you think about communicating and understanding stuff, obviously you, you need some people need structure. Some people like to work autonomously. I like structure and I like to work autonomously because my studies, you know, how I study is different. But I do enjoy having lectures and exposure to education and to obviously different wines and and people's. Uh, unique education style you know some you know we think about school or teachers in college we always had that great professor or that great teacher that we loved because they were able to do this or she was to do that and i know that from my past experience uh, i've been a member of the society of wine educators a certified specialist of wine of course the sommelier guild um, i'm an advanced sommelier and then the isg international sommelier guild i have the diploma uh, I've, I've done the french wine scholar and just enrolled to the Italian Wine Scholar, which my friend Tanya Morningstar Darling is uh, leading this class. It's about nine weeks, ten weeks with an exam. Um, so you'll travel all around the country of Italy, learn about the wines, learn about the vernacular, learn how to say things, and learn how to uh, communicate. And that's all hosted by this um, uh, entity called the Wine Scholar Guild. And I'm super pleased to finally connect with the education director for the Wine Scholar Guild. Her name is Lisa Airy, and um, I'm, I just want to learn more about Lisa. Hey, Lisa, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. Very happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you. You are based in D.C., so I appreciate you taking time this late Saturday night. I know that uh, there's lots to do there, but you obviously have a big heart for sharing the, the Wine Scholar Guild. Tell me, how did you get into wine? Uh, I was a language major at Georgetown University, and I spent my junior year abroad living with the Spanish family. And the mom was 
a, a fantastic amateur chef. She wanted to open her own restaurant, and she had a market stall at the the market in Barcelona. And I went with her on her wine buying trips and really got bitten by the wine bug and finished my degree in languages and linguistics, but ended up getting into the wine industry because of my experience in Spain. <laughs> I love Spain. Barcelona is an amazing city. Um, I like the fact that rush hour doesn't start till 10 a.m. <laughs> uh-huh. But there are four of them. <laughs> this is true. That's right. After the siesta, then uh, everyone get into the restaurants at eight or nine. Uh, well, that's pretty neat. Uh, so, are you fluent in French or Italian or Spanish? Actually, I am most fluent in German. I, I also obviously have great proficiency in Spanish, but I, I am lacking practice in the Spanish after after all this time. Interesting to so. think that you're um, you had the epiphany or this experience in Spain for wine. Obviously, in Barcelona, you're close to Penedès and just up from Priorat, um, yeah. far away from Sherry. But I think a lot of people have their wine experiences, their epiphany, either from French wine, or this, like a Provence Rosé, or that perhaps a Tuscan Italian wine. Um, mm-hmm. do, where, what wines do you recall having that really said, God, I, I, this is really, this draws me? Ooh, well, Spain, for sure. Um, that's when I got bitten by the wine bug. But in my college years, even before I had gone abroad, I enjoyed finishing my academic study each evening with a glass of sherry. And <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, it was always my, my favorite nightcap, and it always brings back fond memories for me of just the, that whole academic scene and the intellectual ferment, so to speak. I think once, you know, my opinion of Sherry is that it's like when you're a child and you first have your warm sand and you might be wearing diapers, you might be wearing something, but it's just a a warm and fun, friendly uh, memory that you just hold on to because it's so deliciously um, part of uh, your life experience. Sherry is like that. And I'm I'm wondering, late at night or after your studies, were you doing Fino, Manzanilla, a little Amontillado, a little Pelo Cortado, a little uh, yeah. Cream Sherry? Amontillado is my favorite. Mine too. The complexity is just amazing. I love cooking with Amontillado. So yep. did you, you followed this wine passion. When did you discover the Wine Guild? The Wine Scholar Guild? Ooh. Well, I was actually working with the Society of Wine Educators when I met Julian Camus, who had uh, initiated the French Wine Society in Washington, D.C. Of course, the headquarters for the SWE is in Washington, D.C., too. Yes, so we right. were working you know, very much in the same circles. And he, he started the French Wine Society with the intention of creating um, – an environment in which people could learn more about French wine. He figured a more educated consumer would would be a better con- purchaser of French wine. So it was, in its inception, kind of an event, you know, company, and we did a lot of education classes. And as time went on, and I was educating for them when they were first, you know, started up. As time went on, people came back and asked if they, if we had more advanced classes, and that got Julian thinking that perhaps there was this this niche to provide more in-depth, advanced education on the wines of France, and that's when he he established 
well, ended up establishing the Wine Scholar Guild. Interesting. So, I believe, yeah, I believe I remember the French Wine Society. And, and yep. we're talking about, what, 12 years ago? Oh, it's closer to 14 now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm in that I'm in that window there. Because I remember, I, I certainly remember in my wine studies uh, looking for education, which the Court of Master Sommeliers doesn't necessarily provide, although these days they do some courses. Uh, so you were part of the um, Society of Wine Educators, and did you join up with the French Wine Society 14 years ago? I No, not 14 years ago. I'm in my 11th year with the French Wine Society slash Wine Scholar Guild. I worked for the Society of Wine Educators as their education director for three years. And then when Julian said, hey, you know, why don't you come on board and let's let's build an international study and certification, you know, program, I did. Very so. exciting. Well, we appreciate you doing that. And um, from the original, it was the French Wine Society. Then it was the, wasn't it the French Scholar Guild or something like that? And then it expanded with, with these new programs from Spain and Italy. Is that right? Give me some of the background on how. Yeah, we had the French Wine Society, and we created the French Wine Scholar Program, and we ran that for a couple of years, and decided that we needed to change our name to Wine Scholar Guild to give us an opportunity to also teach about the wines of Italy and Spain. So by becoming Wine Scholar Guild, we'd already built the equity into the French Wine Scholar credential. It was an easy transition to become Wine Scholar Guild. And then the French Scholar, the French Wine Scholar, the Italian Wine Scholar, and the Spanish Wine Scholar would fall under that umbrella. Very exciting. I'm super pleased because it was a little bit uh, uh, focused on, on, obviously, France, but to have the Spain and Italy and perhaps even more, I know you did something on Champagne, so you're not only talking about France, but you're actually creating things that sort of delve deeper into some of the regions. Um, you're, what are your credentials, and, and uh, have you studied? Are you a WSET, or WSET? I think they like to, to say it. Obviously, you've got some uh, Society of Wine Education. Uh, how long have you studied and, and prepared to be the direction, the director of education? Well, I got my my credential in wine with the Society of Wine Educators, so I'm a, a certified wine educator. And after that, working just in um, the development of study and certification programs with the Society of Wine Educators, I was. You know, the driving force behind the development of their Certified Specialist of Wine program. Uh, that I worked on for a number of months. And just to, just, just to get it, you know, built and, and launched. Um, it was a, a huge, big project. And then, you know, of course, I'm, I'm working for the Society of Wine Educators. So maintaining their existing Certified Wine Educator credential. So the development of of study and, and certification programs just kind of came very naturally because I was involved in the planning both on the board and then as education director over a span of a number of years. I, I joined the board in 1994, I believe, and was on there for five or six years. Wow. So very much a part of all that strategic planning and and curriculum development. Excellent. So you're truly macerated in the whole program. <laughs> it's a yeah, wine yeah, term. Literally, literally from strategic planning to development, you know, all through through that. So when Julian 
said, hey, he wanted to build a study and certification program, you know, I had already worked with the certified specialist of wine from the ground up. So it was kind of a, a natural fit. I love it. I know. I remember taking, uh, well, I should say, first of all, speaking with Lisa Airy, who's the education director for the Wine Scholar Guild and uh, has a wealth of experience and being totally immersed in creating these uh, this educational uh, modules, these programs, keeps you invested in, in, in on top of all the changes. And there's there's always change here in the wine industry, whether it's it's new appellations being presented in the south of Rhone, I think, or in the southern Rhone, and we just find that out in the, in the couple last couple of days. There's yeah. uh, a few appellations there. Um, but what's what's fun for me? I took the Society of Wine Educators uh, Certified Specialist of Wine. I missed two, and I, I wanted to. There was one I remember that. Wait, that I don't know. I need to argue that fact, but it didn't matter because I passed, so it wasn't worth really arguing. But um, I'm super excited about it. Um, we're gonna have a break here in a, in a moment, but. Uh, when we come come back from the break, I really want to learn more about what the wine scholar. What are some of these uh, modules that you discuss? And what I truly enjoyed about the wine scholar guild or the French wine scholar at the time is the amount of information you provide. You have a great booklet, a collection of not only uh, information about each particular region in France, and I'm sure from Italy and Spain as well, but you also had some uh, quiz modules. At the end of each course, I think you had a little quiz, which was very helpful to hone your uh, focus in education. Yep, yep. We can talk all about that when you're when you're ready. All right. <laughs> um, do you actually... So for the wines you... I know the class we had some wines. I believe it's been a while. But do you do you source wines nationally for each particular re, uh, course region? Meaning, for for Alsace, you're going to have wines that will be tested in or presented in Seattle or Colorado or Dallas or wherever it is. Are the wines the same? No, not at all. And that's impossible to do on a global scale. Every wine market is different and has different wines. So when we speak to our network of program providers with regard to the wines that they will serve in classroom, we provide categories, wine categories. For example, a Riesling from one uh, producer in Alsace and that. a Grand Cru Riesling from a Grand, uh, pr- the same producer. Lisa, hold Alsace. that thought. I ask you a long question and we're going to go into break. Hey, folks, stick around. i got Lisa Airy, the Education Director for the, for the Wine Scholar Guild, right here in Happy Hour. We'll be back to talk more with Lisa Airy. Tune it in and turn it up. Cruise home with Kirby. The Kirby Wilbur Show, live and local. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m., KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back, Beauty Sound. Time for round two, and I have... Uh, a new friend, a um, a person I totally respect. Her name is Lisa Airy. She's the education director for the Wine Scholar Guild, uh, taking a little Saturday night break to talk to me from D.C., and I appreciate that. Lisa, I asked you a question about, uh, I understand, each state with, with liquor laws, each uh, some are controlled, some are distributed differently. Um, how do you, do you really figure out what wines are appropriate for each uh, segment or tutoring, if you will, in different cities? Uh, yeah, it is a challenge. I, I, I grant you that, Christopher. Since we are global, it's impossible to give any of our, our 
program providers a set wine list that they must source and pour in classroom. So, you know, as you know, every state's different here in the United States. You can imagine the challenge of doing this globally. So what we do is we provide a lesson plan, actually several lesson plans for our program providers that list wine categories. So if you were to study the wines of Alsace, for example, your lesson plan might include a pairing of a Riesling and a Grand Cru Riesling from the same producer. And we give them, you know, the, the wiggle room to select what's available in the market and appropriate for their, their budget to to put into their curriculum, their tasting lineup. And that's the way we work on a, obviously there's more than two wines, but that's the way we work. And we, and we give our program providers the talking points for each of these pairings and how to kind of guide their students through this tasting lineup in each class. Excellent. This makes sense. Sounds good. It sounds like you've. Uh, you, it's always good to give your uh, educators some autonomy, and obviously to broaden it so that it's it's more simplified, so people can produce uh, the right tasting uh, with the right uh, education um, information. So let's talk sure. about some of the programs. So Wine Scholar Guild. By the way, what is the website? It's winescholarguild.org. We're an org, not a com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> O-R-G. Uh, let's talk about some of the programs, some of the uh, certifications or accreditations that the Wine Scholar Guild produces. Okay. Well, first we have the French Wine Scholar Program. It is a certification program and provides a post-nominal after successful completion of the 100-question multiple-choice exam. Uh, we have the same for Italy, so we have an Italian Wine Scholar program, and these are advanced courses of study. So not basic, but they're advanced. They're pretty in-depth. Each of the study modules, or study manuals, I should say, are approximately 280 to 300 pages. So it's it's a lot of content. And we supplement the manual with e-learning modules online, available 24-7, uh, and that those e-learning modules are full audio narration. You can bookmark the, the module if you need to step away. Those modules are complemented by uh, various knowledge challenges or quizzes. Um, so you can kind of track your progress. There's even a, a progress bar to track how you're doing moving through the core curriculum online. We have pronunciation exercises that are done uh -huh. in a repeat-after-me fashion. Uh, that way you can not only um, walk the walk, but talk the talk. <laughs> we also have uh, flashcards, electronic flashcards, to help people, you know, just really work with this this entire body of material. Lots of study assists in that regard. So the manual, the pronunciation exercises, the flashcards, the e-learning modules, um, of course, all of this is complemented by classroom study, if you can take all of this independent as an independent study curriculum and study on your own time, or you can sign up with one of our program providers around the world and do this in conjunction with classroom experience. I love so there's it. There's a lot of a lot of ways to play. Yeah, so you can actually take you can be accredited online. Is that right? Yes, you can. So you could, for example, sign up for the whole study package, which is the manual and all the e-learning bits, and then take the test online, individually, you know, proctored online. 
So this means if you are in a city that has a program provider, yeah, you can I do see, that. Yes, right. If you if you don't, if you're a busy wine professional and don't have time to attend classroom, you can work independently, even if you have a program provider. And you can also complete the program if you're in an inaccessible area um, for both, you know, for, for wine study in a classroom. <laughs> Smoke so signals? We really, we've, we've really, hey, we've got students from Dubai and the Ukraine. Wow. And it, it's amazing. It's amazing when we, we also have some on, instructor-led live online virtual classroom classes. And it's amazing when people pop online and, well, you know, say hello to everybody just to see where they are from in the world. It's very exciting. That is fun to see how much wine has really come back as <laughs> international beverage. I know that, you know, it's been part of our civilization, our uh, evolution, if you will, of mankind and the grand society. And, of course, uh, it's now become haute cuisine to some extent, or haute couture, I should say. Uh, how many people have passed Wine Scholar Guild classes or certifications in total? About 2,500 to date. That's great. That's you know what knowledge is power, and when people have the power, it makes it so much more engaging and and satisfying to have someone who you know I, I get the expert thing and, and sitting on the radio here and, and I, I I never try to espouse that I know everything. Um, in fact, I don't apparently. <laughs> but it's, hey, it's <laughs> wine study is a journey. It's it totally is, is a journey. Yes, and I and I tell you know my uh, young proteges who are taking their certified or their advanced or looking for some other accreditations that it is a journey and there's always more to learn. There's no, always another vintage. There's always uh, a wine evolves in the bottle. There's never a great wine, just a great bottle because every bottle is different. It lives in its own different life. Um, if people want to get involved, it's winescholarguild.org. Um, and so. Basically, can can you take one class? Can you take one podcast? Or do you have to sign up for uh, a series of classes for an accreditation? There, there are a lot of ways to play, uh, seriously. And I mean that we have a membership whereby you can just join as a member, become a Wine Scholar Guild member, and you're privy to two continuing education webinars each month. If you can't attend live, they're recorded for on-demand replay. So it's a way to really keep your, your studies going forward. And we have wonderful, wonderful presenters, masters of wine, master sommeliers, uh, leading personalities, wine personalities like Andrew Jefford, book author, or the Cladstraps, you know, again, book authors. So we Peter have a, Liam, right? Peter Liam. Peter Liam is one of our presenters. Um, Louis Barriol of Saint-Combe in the Rhone, who is a Rhone historian, in addition to being a winemaker. His history class on the Rhone is phenomenal. Um, so we have these, these, these continuing education webinars. We also have the individual scholar programs, like I said, which confer, confer a post-nominal. We also have master-level classes. Uh, these are taking your scholar level one one step further. These are advanced classes with a, a very, very um, in-depth curriculum. It's a combination of a, a series of live webinars that, again, are recorded for on-demand replay plus study manual and a much more elaborate exam. There's map identification, 
Uh, you got to know your premier cruise of Burgundy, for example. <laughs> All um, the premier cruise of Burgundy? The top ones, yes. It's pretty <laughs> intense. Burgundy is has to be our, our most challenging master-level program. I'm sure. But there's multiple choice, and there's, of course, essay for essay. So this is for someone who really, really wants to dive deep and meet some fabulous personalities as part of that study curriculum. So you can truly study under the masters and network with your your group of people, your study class from all over the world via our forums. It's truly a meeting of the minds. It's pretty dynamic. Uh, it's it's really fun for me, actually, having taken the wine scholar uh, certification, uh, the French wine scholar uh, certification, I should say. Um, I, I was really so impressed with the amount of information in the pamphlets, in the booklets, in the in the workbook that you provide. To me, that was the greatest wealth because there's a lot of books on wine and things, and but sometimes you got to really wade through it, and sometimes a little sterile. I mean. I'm studying the encyclopedia, the Chances Robinson thing, and then you know all these different books, uh, and and they're written in different styles. But to me, the yeah. French Wine Scholar, the Wine Scholar Guild had the French information, which was so fun. I mean, it was more than you thought. You're talking about um, looking mm-hmm. at the soil profiles and and the history yeah. of people, the civilizations, and what makes it fun is that it's really about history. Yeah. Oh, it's so. There's so many facets to the wine industry. But to your point, one of the things that we really have worked very hard to achieve is a study manual that does not read like an encyclopedia and is not filled with a lot of editorializing. We tried to be very objective, very concise, you know, full of content. But we don't have, if you've noticed, we don't have super long sentences. Everything is really presented in these little, you know, info bites so that it is incredibly student friendly and it's really designed to maximize retention. You did well. Lisa Airy, Education Director for the Wine Scholar Guild. I appreciate so much your time. Congratulations on keeping the faith and, and the burning light. And thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Merci beaucoup. Hey, folks, stick around. Be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Two regular guys separated by 20 years and a full head of hair. Mark Lee and Van Camp. Weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. And you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Sommelier, Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Time for round three. Hope you got something tasty in your glass or dreaming of some tasty places to go. Uh, One of those places would be our neighbor to the north. The Vancouver International Wine Festival is taking place next week. I believe it starts on the 25th. And I have the executive director of the Vancouver International Wine Fest, Harry Hertzsteg. Hey, Harry. Welcome back to Happy Hour. Hey, Christopher. Good to be on again. And uh, that's right. Did you just say that the festival starts like in a week's time? I better get my snow shovel out because we still I think we still have quite a bit of snow, and I got to clear it so that all your listeners can make it up here. Yes, well, uh, hopefully I five is clear and we can get up there. It's uh, been quite the season, which is always fun. I mean, it makes it look pretty, and uh, heck, Seattle. Uh, of course, we tremble at the, the slightest uh, sound of a snowflake flake dropping. Um, but regardless, you know, it's a good time to be inside. And I tell you, I love California wine in the winter because a glass of California Chardonnay is really a glass full of sunshine for me. And California is the the title. So let's talk about the International Wine Festival. What year is this? 
This is year 41. We started it all way back in uh, February of 1979, 40 years ago. Some of your listeners were probably not even born then, but uh, I think I just <laughs> barely turned of, turned of age at that time. And we just started with one winery way back in 79, just one winery. People say, hey, Harry, how do you start this huge wine festival with 1,500 wines and 160 wineries and 16 countries? And it's a very, you know, it's a very simple approach. Start with one winery and build relationships. And that's what we've done over 40 years. That first winery was Robert Mondavi Winery from oh, California. Wow. We evolved into a, a California wine fair of just California wines for a couple of years. And then we built this uh, international component. So now we have 53 uh, California wineries coming up to the festival. Some great iconic brands like Benziger and Gurgich and Ridge and uh, Signorello, Silver Oak and uh, Camus. And so when people get to go to a wine tasting and taste a, a lot of Napa Valley cabs, that's pretty exciting. It is exciting. I'm wondering, is the Canadian Beef Council involved? Because <laughs> it sounds like a perfect match. <laughs> well, we had a a, a lot of uh, part of our schedule, we have 54 events, and yes, the, the heart and hub of the festival is the Grand International Festival Tasting, which is in two weeks, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and Saturday afternoon, where all 160 wineries are involved and over 700 wineries, wines to taste in that room. But in the beginning of the week, we have a number of winery dinners, and a lot of the steakhouses, they went, what, California is the theme? Oh, we got to line up with some great Napa Valley cabs and steaks. Because it's one of the great pairings of the world. I like it. One of my favorite. Um, well, from 41 years, how long have you been involved in the festival as executive director or prior to that? Well, my first festival that I attended was in 1987. And uh, I was attending uh, a wine course, a uh, wine appreciation course, because I was just getting out of university and uh, my dad was a bartender. So, I mean, you know, hospitality and alcohol, it's just, you know, it's in my DNA. And when I took this course, uh, my instructor said, hey, Harry, you know, if you want to learn a little bit more about wine, you should go to this thing called the Vancouver Playhouse International Wine Festival. I had n never heard of it at the time. And I went and I just was astounded that you could taste for a couple hours and meet the owners and winemakers from the wineries. And that's one of the unique things and special things about the wine festival here in Vancouver is that the owner, the winemaker, senior executive has to represent the winery and be there to pour their wine, tell their stories. And just what I really learned is not only just the amazing diversity of wines in the world, but just also the, the interesting personalities. You know, a lot about wine is about people and where they come from and just it's been it's a great gateway to understanding more about the world so i went to 1987 and i couldn't get enough of it so i just kept going back every year and i volunteered to pour wines for the agencies behind tables for a long time and while i was doing that i was also managing the vancouver fringe theater festival and before that, I was managing a radio station. So I was very used to kind of managing chaotic things where there was just, <laughs> you know, enormous amounts of people and unlimited amounts of either music, theater acts. And I just love that sort of channeling the chaos. And so uh, I started here at the festival as the executive director. My first festival was 2002. But my first day on the job was not an auspicious beginning because I was doing some things in theater. And I thought, oh, I, I, theater is such hard work. <laughs> 
making a living. And it's amazing what theater artists do. And I thought, okay, I need, I need a little switch. Oh, and so the wine festival was a great fit because I loved wine. It raised money for the Vancouver Playhouse Theater Company. They're no, they're not uh, around anymore. We're now raising funds for Bart and the Beach Shakespeare Festival. But I thought, oh, maybe I should take this job. I, I, I hope there's a, you know, I need a sign that says this is in the right direction. Anyway, uh, the first day of my job was 9/11. Oh, tough. In 2001, not a good day to start a new initiative. Well, we all know where we were on that particular day, it seems. It's kind of ironic, which is, uh, uh, we, I was right below the Columbia Tower. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, towers seem to be the target right now. But it's been, uh, it's been, uh, it's been a great journey since. It'll be my 18th year. Um, California has been a really important part of our festival, being you know, the first wine in Robert Mondavi in 1979. They were the first theme uh, in 1998, and they're now back for the fourth time. There's still 15 other countries. For the first time, we have wines from Romania. We've got four wineries from Croatia. And so there's so many uh, things to discover. The average price per bottle is like $36 for 700 wines. And wow. any bottled, any wines you get to taste in the tasting room at the International Festival of Tasting is available for purchase on the on-site uh, BC liquor store. So um, you can bring back wines that you know, you've never tried before. We've got 27 wineries from British Columbia. And there's, you know, there's not a lot of BC wines in the Washington market. And so this is a great chance to learn more about uh, the wines of the Okanagan Valley, which is, you know, not that far from, from Washington wine country. Yeah, it extends into Washington. It's kind of like uh, we're cousins. Uh, the hat was the Hatfields and McCoys, <laughs> something like that. Well, you know, it's all one big drainage basin. I mean, whether the wine is in British Columbia or Washington, Oregon, it all drains out, you know, pretty well the Columbia River. Yes, this is true. Uh, speaking with Harry Hershey. The don't know the political borders. No, they don't. They uh, they just want to live and be eaten by a bird and <laughs> have a chance to <laughs> start a new life. Uh, so the Vancouver International Wine Festival, actually, it begins on the 25th and it runs for a whole week. You've got special dinners, of course. Then we have some trade tastings and some class seminars, which is really fun. Quickly, give me the uh, the website so people can, uh, if they're listening now, they can probably check out their mobile device and, and log on. VanWineFest.ca. It's the portal to anything you need to know about the festival. A good thing to click on to when you get to the, west, the, the, to the website is this thing called Festival at a Glance. All 54 events can be displayed on your computer screen. It shows which ones are sold out, which ones are going fast, which ones are still available. You just click on and the description, the price, um, the wines, everything you need to know about the event. And you have a lot of uh, industry people that listen to your show as well. And we have a trade-only program as well. So that, that tasting room I was talking about also has on Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon, trade-only, where only buyers and people in the industry can attend. We have uh, a wine industry symposium on Wednesday morning and also industry lunches. Our keynote speaker this year is John Bonet, who's from uh, currently in Brooklyn, but I believe he grew up in Seattle. And uh, he's written a book recently called The New Wine Rules and The New California Wine, and he's he's a very opinionated uh, <laughs> voice. Well, that's how you get known, American right? Wine. You have to have an opinion. And so he's going he's gonna to be joining us this year. So if you're in the trade, 
check out our website, check out our trade program. And if you are a wine lover, uh, it's only two weeks from now with Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. And we also have a session on the Saturday afternoon matinee. So it's a great opportunity to come up to Vancouver, stay in a hotel, check out the restaurants, go to a great wine festival, buy some wines that you taste, and uh, head back down to Seattle uh, on the Sunday or Monday. Yeah, I'm excited because I'm taking the Amtrak train up on Wednesday and then coming back after the big tasting on Friday. So I'll be up there for two nights. Uh, the hotels are very reasonable, and it's all in, within walking distance because the headquarters is right there on the bay at the, uh, what's the called, this convention center or the place, Vancouver place or something? Yeah, the convention center is divided into two sections. One is Canada Place and the West Building. We're in the Vancouver Convention West Building, which was the building built for the 2010 Olympics. And uh, the hotels are virtually across the street or through tunnels. It doesn't matter what the weather is. And one of the great features of the tasting room is that there is one whole wall, which is completely glass. So while you're tasting, you get to see the amazing view of, of the water, uh, of, of the ocean, and the mountains. Cool. Hey, Harry, I'll speak with Harry Hersheg, the executive director of the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Stick around, we'll have more right here on Happy Hour Radio. Live, he's local, he's all Northwest. Lars Larson, weekdays noon to 3, Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI, want to know weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Time for our fourth and final segment. It's time to make plans to head north, uh, get out of the snowy weather, and head up to the Vancouver International Wine Festival. I have the pleasure of having Harry Hershegg, the executive director, since uh, 2002, and been participating in the 41st uh, annual event, which uh, is taking place uh, really next week. So, Harry, what uh, events, seminars are available still open that people can sign up for? I think a great one would be RMW, A Visionary Journey, RMW standing for Robert Mondavi Winery, their winemaker, Genevieve Jensen's, and their master wine, Mark DeVere, are going to be hosting a, a tasting of some of their top wines, including wines from that world-famous vineyard, Tocalon. And so I would definitely recommend checking that out. And, of course, the International Festival Tasting. And one of the good things about Saturday afternoon is we cut off capacity with 20% less people. So if you like a little extra elbow room and you want to interact with the owners and winemakers, that Saturday afternoon tasting is a great one to attend. Sounds great. I'm excited to participate. Obviously, uh, I have the pleasure of uh, having the media credential, which allows me to uh, enjoy the uh, environs. Um, so there, there's dinners up and through fr- uh, Wednesday, right? So starting Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then we have seminars starting on Thursday and Friday. And we have grand tastings. I know there's some trade tastings, but there's also two grand tastings for the public. Is that right? Four. Oh, wow. We kick them off on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Uh, Thursday night is great. We cap off capacity 30% less people on Thursday night. And that's when the principals still have their voice. They haven't lost their voice yet. <laughs> and, um, I mean, that's, I think, an important part of the tasting is interacting with the owners and winemakers. And on Saturday afternoon, we cap off the capacity with 20 less people, 20% less people. Uh, I mean, we have a saying here, you know, go on Thursday. So don't bring a date Thursday. Find a date Friday. 
and then bring your date Saturday. That's oh, I like the a way. different crowd, and every every session has a slightly different crowd. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's I'm... More of a fashion show on Saturday night. Yes, I know. I've seen the earrings, the heels, and unfortunately the perfume too. But uh, that is part of the you know. Oh, just and the, the white culture. dresses. Oh yeah, you add well, the white dresses in the, the mix. The bold people. So this is the um, Vancouver International. International Wine Festival, the California, the state of California is the subject. So you're going to have Napa, Sonoma, uh, Santa Barbara, uh, Paso Robles. Are you, do you have all the Appalachians or just a few of them? Yeah, most of them. Like you, the ones you mentioned, those are really important ones. Um, lo, you know, lots of Chardonnay, Cabernet Sauvignon, but also some things that are a bit unexpected from California. And so like there was Zinfandel. The you have a big Zinfandel. Different rivals. Yeah, Zinfandel program. Joe Peterson, the godfather of Zin's coming. That's right, Ravenswood. He's a fun guy. Pretty cool. And so these tastings, um, at the Grand Tasting, there's some, some noshing, you're right, there's some food available, so people are, are uh, still lucid and, and enjoying their, uh, the tastings. Or do people need to eat dinner before? Well, we recommend they do have a nice uh, dinner beforehand. You know, it's good padding for the tasting. There's some great restaurants around the convention center. Um, there's lots of sampling, but it's really... The tasting room is kind of like a trade format. So it's really about the tasting and interacting with the principals. You know, there are other events, lunches and dinners as well, where which are more food-focused. Um, but there's so many great restaurants uh, that we partner with uh, near the convention center and that are also open after the tasting. So fun. Well, it happens every year uh, at this time in February. Uh, is there a, a tickler, a tease for next year's um, theme? We seem to be alternating from new world and old world lately. All right. That makes you Washington. Am I thinking it's Washington, the best of new world? (laughs) We love having Washington wine at the festival. For the first time, uh, Aquilini. Um, oh Red yeah, Mountain is going to be at our festival. Oh, how fun! That's right. The uh, the uh, was it the mogul from Vancouver who uh, swooped <laughs> in and stole all that land right from, the, right those, in front of us. Those upstart Canucks. Yeah, for sure. Well, what Harry Hershey, this has been a treat. I look forward to attending the forty first annual Vancouver International Wine Festival. It's uh, vanwinefest.ca for tickets. There are some great programs still available. Of course, uh, some lunches and dinners, and um, you can circle the date now for all those listeners that, hey, it happens every year in February. So I appreciate the time, Harry. Uh, thanks so much. I look forward to seeing you this week or next week. Thanks for having me. See you soon. All right. Thanks, Harry. Hey, that is the Vancouver Inter- Vancouver International Wine Fest. And uh, I've been there um, twice. That's super fun. It's very casual. Uh, there's a lot of great people. And what's interesting is that Vancouver, Canada has a very different wine philosophy. So you get to see a, a bunch of different producers. Of course, the local British Columbia producers are fantastic. And they're going to have some wines from Romania and uh, Croatia, which is really uh, some of the oldest vines in the world. Well, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, you got to check out the Wine Scholar Guild. I'm actually um, participating in the Italian Wine Scholar out at Sape, uh, thanks to Tanya Morningstar Darling, and CellarMuse.com. Uh, that's an eight, nine-week course, and I'm going to learn all about Italian wines, the northern Italy, and then uh, I think uh, in two months we'll have the southern Italy uh, unit. So remember, hey, when you're out and about having a good time, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers! Cheers!